Hey, everybody. What's up? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressively podcast with Mike Marley and myself, Sincere Hogan. Hey, Mike, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's a great week. Finally got all this furniture moving crap out of the way and ready to get the stuff in the house. And I can actually just be calm for a little bit and actually enjoy the next, coming, the next month for once <laughs> with no drama, no action going on. Yeah, that, that sounds a lot different than what our guest has going on. John Spencer Ellis, he's a <laughs> marketing expert, branding expert. We'll talk about that. Part-time but right now, right, yeah, right, now John, right now, John's trying to see if he can parlay his expertise to plumbing. How's that working out for you, John? <laughs> uh, well, I, I am not quitting my day job. That is certain. Uh, let, let me tell you guys something. Dude, I'm telling you, if, if it was not an emergency – I would do what I normally do, which my wife affectionately calls CTG, which is call the guy. Um, and uh, since there are no yellow pages, it would be a quick query for the local plumber. But this was like an emergency. So the only thing I didn't have is a paper clip, uh, bubble gum, and a shoelace, uh, or I would have MacGyvered it a lot faster. It reminds me of my dad. He tried to be Mr. Fix-It on everything in the house growing up. And I remember one time he was in the attic trying to fix something, and he fell right through the floor into the bathroom, into the guest bathroom. And wow. fortunately, no one was in there, but someone was in there literally maybe a few minutes before it happened. <laughs> and then this huge hole in the ceiling was there for six months. I mean, anytime someone went in that bathroom, they would look up and go, <laughs> I mean, it's like that long to get it fixed. Another time he tried to fix the air conditioning in. Let's put it this way. He made the problem several times worse, and it, it ended up costing five times as much. So, I mean, sometimes you can't delegate stuff out, but sometimes people delegate too soon. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make with building their fitness business is that yep. they, don't, they don't learn the business. And that's what I always tell people. You can't just be passionate about the business. Of course, that's a critical ingredient, but this is a business. And like any business, you need to learn how this game works and how to leverage it so that you're successful. And that's one thing you do extremely well, John, and you teach others how to do that as well. But what are some of the common mistakes that you see over and over again that fitness professionals make? Uh, well, you know, definitely there are mistakes, and I see a lot of really, really cool stuff come out too. So I do, you know, I have to commend those people who are creative, smart, forward-thinking, and sure. cutting edge because I, I totally dig on that, and I've had the good fortune of seeing some really neat stuff come through the uh, pipeline lately. But, it, you know, in general, I think, you know, uh, and, and I've made these too. I'm not saying I'm immune from it, and I'm not saying it won't be repeated. But in general, uh, what happens is people do, uh, they tell themselves, I mean, let me rephrase this. They tell themselves a convenient story that makes them feel good about themselves or a situation, but it has nothing to do with the truth or reality. <laughs> right. So, yeah. and, 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 and people do that for all aspects of their life. But yeah. I think it's really, really important. That you like, you're on, how can you make a good decision for the best possible outcome if you're lying to yourself? And here's the other thing: if you're lying to yourself, really, who are you lying to? Like, you, uh, like you're, you're gonna fool yourself. Like, like you're one of those people that sets your clock 15 minutes fast. You're like, I'm gonna be on time because I fooled myself because it's not really one; it's only 12:45. That's always you know? hilarious to me. You right. know, <laughs> you know, who, it, it's like if you're mad at yourself, who are you, who are you actually mad at? You know, so don't fool yourself. Be, be honest with yourself and others about your strengths, your weaknesses, what you like and what you don't like. And simply because someone else likes it or is good at it and has that skill set doesn't mean that you do have it or should or, or even move in that direction. So right. 
I think a lot of people live in a parallel universe of fantasy because they want to feel good about something rather than being honest about an assessment. Now, I, I think it's important to always think about what you ideally want because it moves you in that direction and you have laser focus and all that good stuff, right? But right. if you're not honest with where you're at and the reality of your current situation, you're just full of shit and you're, and, and you're kidding yourself and everyone else and you're wasting your time and you'll probably never get ultimately where you want. Right. Right. No question. Now, 50 Cent in one of his books talks about how you don't want to look at what you want to do. You should look at what people want and then deliver that. What's your take on that? Um, I agree with you. Um, I think uh, it's interesting because when I create something new, and that's, that's usually about, about every uh, 23 and a half days of, of some sort, um, I look to see what people are already searching for before right. I decide to create something. So I actually use the Google Analytics tools and the keyword tool and all that kind of stuff to find yeah. out what is already in the common vernacular, what is popular, what is rising in trends, and, and then and this, you know, simply because something is rising in trends also doesn't mean that you're going to be good at it. You know, if Justin Bieber is, you know, what am I going to do? Make, you know, a Bieber fever or something? No. But if it's some, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You may, anyone who knows you know you may be I, I'm, I'm going to do Mike, I'm going to create a Justin Bieber training certification program. And you're going to, you're going to, when you're done, you're going to look like a 16-year-old uh, female. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's like the antithesis of, of fitness. Um, but you know, so I well, now, holy crap, I lost my train of thought. But but basically, um, yeah, it, it's kind of like um, uh, what Wayne Gretzky says that you know he says I don't go where the puck is, I go where I know the puck is going to be. Didn't he say something right, to that right. effect? Yeah, that is he's that that is a metaphor for for success in life. Absolutely, hundred percent, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think so, there's kind of a middle path. The way I look at it is, I mean, I don't want to do something that I don't want to do just because right. I think it's sell, right? So that, right. That's, that's often the conversation. But at the same time, I'm not going to create something that I know I'm the only person who's going to be interested in it. So I've been fortunate that I happen to keep coming across things that I'm very interested in, and then mm -hmm. when I start discussing it, often there's an audience for it as well. So I've been fortunate that way. But I see people that make the mistake of, one, they produce a video, for example, and they could care less about the topic, but they just think dollar signs, this is going to make money. Mm -hmm. So they end up doing a really half-assed job. It's obvious there's no passion whatsoever. They, have, they put together Dan Kennedy marketing campaigns, over-the-top sales yeah. letters, things like that. They have some level of success with it, but they never develop a core audience because they're not being authentic. I mean, they're doing everything right in terms of producing something that someone wants, creating marketing packages that are effective, but there's still that missing ingredient, and I think it's lack of authenticity. Yeah, they keep bringing right. up, you know, they keep making these one-hitter quitters, you know, and then it's like, okay, on to the next thing, on to the next thing, and then eventually the audience picks up on that, and they don't have that, that fan base. They don't have that, that follow uh, What do you call it, a one-hitter quitter? One-hitter quitter, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that. I, that's I music, like that. that's oh, music industry talk right there, John. <laughs> that's hysterical. Because well, we're know, talking about I mean, 50 Cent, you know. <laughs> okay, all right. But hey, well, you know, he's a, he's a smart businessman. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. you know, he, he did very well on his stock option with Vitamin Water. That's, yeah. that's, why he's, that's why he's buying the cool stuff he is right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, when you say authenticity, I, I think that is so, so important. And, and there was definitely a time in my career 
met so, so many years ago that I, I didn't understand what that was about because at that time, I don't know, I spent, it was over a span of time, but I was doing a bunch of reality TV shows and I was in a bunch of magazines and then people start telling you all this wonderful stuff and, and you're just dumb enough to believe it. And then, and then you start believing your own hype and a bunch of crap, and, and, then, and then after a while, you're lost. And then I, I saw it in my videos that I was doing. And I would do you – know, I've, I've done a lot of radio stuff like that, so there's definitely a way to, to uh, enunciate and project your voice and have inflection and different tonality, and you want to get your message across and be compelling and da-da-da. But you can also sound like a robot freaking idiot. And, and I was doing that. And, and – I was more concerned about being like, hi, I'm Jim Jupiter, the healthiest man in Southern California. How are you doing? You know, it's just dumb. It was dumb. And, yeah. and I, got, I got caught up in that uh, because I thought that's what I should do rather than understanding what is right for me. And, you know, you know for, for it's kind of an airy-fairy term, but standing in your truth, you know? Right. Um, but you got, you got to do it. I mean, you just got to. But you know what? Sometimes you got to get bitch slapped, and then you go, oh, oh, hey, hang on a second. <laughs> I've been doing this wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's and probably. I think, I think we should put together a show on the benefits of being bitch slapped. Oh, oh yeah. Of course, I've never been on the receiving end of that though. So we'll of course that not. Of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> I could give the slap, but you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's, it's not a good place to be. And once right, you're right, right, and this, but part of this is that's part of why I realize now the importance of being honest with yourself. No matter how much it hurts, no matter how much it sucks, no matter how much you don't want to believe it, be honest. Like if you don't have a skill set and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever, and you suck at it and you hate it and you don't have the resources, you either eliminate it, outsource it, delegate it, or forget it. Right. right. Don't, lie, don't lie to yourself. And don't let the people around you lie either. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. get rid of those yes men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's true. But the thing is, the thing I see so often is, I mean, I know a lot of passionate guys in the business and some ladies too, very passionate about, very skilled at, at teaching, but they never take the time to learn the business, and then they wonder why they're not successful. They somehow think that if they're just good at what they do and they're just passionate about it, that everything else is going to fall into place, and, and I just don't see that happening. I really feel mm-hmm. that if you don't understand how this business works, how to make it work for you, it doesn't really matter how passionate you are, how excited you are. No one's going to know about it because you're not getting yourself out there in an effective way. Do you come across such people, and what kind of advice do you give them if you have? Um, unfortunately, that's probably 90% of the people in the industry. Right. Um, and, and, I, and I know that sounds harsh, but, but you know, I'm here to speak the truth. And it, it is probably right. 90% of, of the trainers, not just in, in North America, but throughout the world. You know, they're passionate. They love helping people. They, they right. love fitness. They get their certifications. They understand what they're doing. Um, and, they're, you know, they, they have entrepreneurial ideas, but they don't understand the whole process. Or they, it, it, it's, it's one of two things. They either get caught up in the minutiae. And so, they, you know, they're, you know, stalled by, you know, paralysis and analysis and they're freaked out and, and they don't, they don't, so they don't do anything. Or they just do a bunch of piddly crap and they make a bunch of lateral movements but not upward. And so right. they, because so, they, they, they're chasing the, the bright, shiny objects or they worry about a bunch of cool tactics on Facebook or, you know, what headline they should use rather than actually building a business. Right. 
And so, you know, and, or they don't structure their business properly and then they get taxed to death or they, right. they have too much month at the end of their money. That's always fun. Um, <laughs> I like that. However, I think here's, here's the analogy that I give, and, and it takes a while. And when you're young, because I know there's younger people listen to this too, because I'm going to be 45 coming up here. And so I can say, you youngins. I was born in the 60s, yo. Okay, so, so when, when, um, when you start out, and you know, I started out the same way. I started at a health club, and I was a trainer working hour per hour and all that kind of stuff. So I started out the same way as, a lot, as you know, basically everyone else does, or the vast majority. So, and you, you get caught up, and, and you're thinking client, hour, day, week. That's it. And maybe the end of your month and how much money do I have left, and, and do I have enough to party on Saturday? Really? I mean, because that's, that's kind of, you've got to be honest. That's kind of where a lot of people are at when they're starting out. Then they get some different ideas, and they go, well, maybe I can do a group exercise program or a boot camp, or maybe I'll get a CrossFit box, and I can you know, do something more. And that's also good, and it's the next step. Right. However, what I always say is, you know, uh, my wife likes to plant flowers. She thinks they're pretty, and they are pretty, but then – Every year we have to replant them and dig them up, and they take more care, and they're pretty for a while, but then they die out. I like planting oak trees. An oak tree gives – this is a beautiful metaphor, Mike, in case you're wondering. So this is – an oak tree. No, this, I know it sounds corny, but think about it. It really is true. So an, an oak tree gives you foundation. Uh, you can lean against it. It, it, sh- it shelters you from the storm. It keeps you out of the heat when necessary. And it provides structure, and you can build things with an oak tree. You can't build a house, a building, or a monument with a rose, even though it's pretty, and you have to keep rebuilding it. But an oak tree lasts a long, long time. But when you're young, you want that immediate gratification, and you, and you want go, 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 but you've got to plant oak trees. So at the point I'm at in my career now, I, I don't do any one thing unless I can help a lot of people and benefit many, many times over. And in some way, somehow, I will recoup benefits from it a multitude of times from a single effort. Otherwise, I don't do it. I just don't do it. And, I, and I, Mike, I know I've known you long enough. I know that's the way you are, too. Cause, uh, Absolutely. I, yeah, and you, and you learn to say no to a lot more things. Right. And that's tough because, you, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, going after stuff and being excited and checking it out. And, and that's part of the process. And um, I, God, I forget who said this, but I just, I just read this in the book somewhere. But um, a famous author or, or philosopher or something said, in the first half of my year, I was busy collecting things. In the second half of my year, I'm, I'm busy. Uh, I spend my time refining things or giving them away. Right. Right. You know, and, and, and like, an, like an artist, here's another beautiful metaphor for you, Mike. Paint a picture for you. So, like, it's, when, <laughs> when, some, when, someone, when someone's creating something that's really beautiful, you know, that, that you know, it, it could be your ideal life, your lifestyle, when you get to the end, you're not adding more. You're peeling it away. You're refining it. You're, you know, it's like you think it's a, like a sculptor, right? They, right? they start with a big lump of clay, and that's where you're at in the beginning. You're at the big lump of clay, guys. And then, and then you refine it, you refine it, and then you start – peeling away the layers, you don't add more. You take stuff away. I mean, people do that all the time. Yeah. And that's where you get clarity. Yeah, it's true. Now, people even do that when they they acquire a big house and fill it up with all kinds of things they think are going to make it Uh nicer. And then they realize, wait a minute, I have too much. And now now you're spending a lot of time thinking about how to get rid of stuff. I mean, I'm doing that right now. I'm in my living room looking straight ahead, and I go, huh, look at all those books there that I haven't touched in a long time. I need to get rid of those. And I've got a bunch of other stuff on top of that. I need to get rid of that. 
So it's like exactly. you spend so much time acquiring things, then you realize, okay, it's time to get rid of the non-essentials. Yeah. This stuff just doesn't even matter. I mean, it really comes down to, you know, nothing. Un- never underestimate the power of simple. <laughs> and, you know, so I just think that, you know, we, we have too much clutter, too much, even with our business, we just collect too much crap that we don't need. I mean, that's why you, you'll see that average guy that's at every conference, every marketing seminar, and he's the dude that's running up to the front of the room Every, with every other speaker buying his DVD, buying this other guy's program, buying this coaching program. Then he gets back home. He does nothing with it. And I've seen these guys before. I know these guys personally. And I've seen it like, wow, this dude spent like at least 10, 20 grand in this weekend. So about a year or two later, I'm like, hey, man, how's business going? Oh, man, I'm still trying to make this stuff go, man. I learned that weekend. <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned that weekend. You have a lot of money to throw away. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of seminar junkies yes. that are all about the acquisition but not the application. Right, right. And, Very good and, point. And, then, and, you get, and then you get a big pile of crap, you know, and, and it doesn't – it's kind of like um, – uh, I'll give, I'll, here's another example. I, apparently, I'm a storyteller today. Um, but my, uh, my my wife is a, a designer on television. She's on HGTV and Bravo and NBC, and she and she used to have a show on TLC called Clean Sweep, where they go into hoarders' houses. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Okay, all right. So so in that show, you know, she would work with the organizer and the carpenter. She's a designer trying to get these people to declutter their life, and she has. Um, two things that she says that I think are, are really uh, helpful. And one is that, you know, if, if you can't see it on your desk, you can't solve the problem that you're trying to solve, you know, with that stack of papers. If you can't see it, you can't access it, you won't resolve it. And the other thing is when, when they were getting rid of things and finding, you know, certain things have sentimental value and certain things you want to keep, but she, but she and, this, and the organizer – uh, would say if you haven't seen it, worn it, used it, or thought about it in the last year, right. unless it's an antique or something, get rid of it, donate it. Right. But you don't need it. So, and, and that's it. I, I call. I just. Uh, I do a periodic what I call life purge. Right. And yeah. and and it's, it sounds kind of nasty, but it's actually quite liberating. <laughs> it's it's, it's freaking fun. That's what it is. I don't know. It, what it feels no. It feels great. You know, it's like it's like taking a shower and, and getting a big loofah scrub and cleaning off all the all the grime and stuff. It feels great. And you and you guys, if you if you have not done this, you you have to go through, and and you go through and and, and it's so funny because. Apparently, like we're getting all philosophical here today, but I'm going to tell you another story because of the, of the work my wife does with the design and the television stuff like that. She has just people, and this is this is good for your life, your business, your gym, your studio, mm-hmm. your CrossFit box, your car, your glove box. I don't care. This is really good. So you go through each area of your life, and each room of your house, and each room in your office, and in each segment of your car, and your garage, or anything, and do this. You go through, and you think how do I feel about this space? And, and what purpose does it serve? Does it hold me back? Does it inspire me? And each object in that room, you say, do I need it? Do I use it? Do I appreciate it? Can I donate it? And what is its purpose? And if you go through and do all that with every aspect, every room, everything, even every article of clothing you have, you're going to realize you've collected a bunch of shit that you don't need and you can right. donate to people who really need it. And we do right. that about four times a year, and it feels really, really good, and it keeps us honest 
like we talked about earlier, it keeps us honest about what's important and what's not, what's getting in the way, and what empowers us to take the next steps and, and go to the next level in life. And the other beautiful thing about that, man, it also helps you become more creative because you have less crap around. Mm-hmm. You have more freedom. You just feel like you're free to think and create <laughs> instead of just sitting there with a big pile of paper sitting on a desk that you haven't even used and you have just mail that's been around for, like, years that you haven't opened, bills that you won't even open up or whatever. It's just all, it's just all sitting there, and you just feel like you're just being trapped by this stuff. And, and you can't get anything done because every time you try to start something, you look over at that stuff and you're like, damn. Man, I need to go through those papers and see what I'm going to keep. Uh, but I don't feel like doing it today. I'm just going to go watch TV for a little while. So even our, even our cable channels are cluttered. We've got the biggest package. <laughs> all we do is watch yeah. the same, what, two channels, but we got like all 600, and we're spending That's like right. an extra 200 bucks for two channels, really? <laughs> so, no, I'm yeah, telling man. you, no, getting, getting rid of cable is one of the best things you can do for your business, your health. You will not miss anything. I mean, I haven't had TV in over a year at the house. And there's not one day where I'm going, oh, man, I really wish I had that. I want to kick back and watch some garbage TV. You don't miss it one bit. You will find more productive things to do. You always will. There's, if you finished all your work and you're like, okay, what do I do now? You'll go out. You'll go hang out with friends. You'll go do real living instead of vicarious living, which yeah, is what funny. sitting around and watching TV is, really. Yeah, it's funny. Well, My wife and I laugh. We just have this big right. – this big piece of art sitting on our wall called television. <laughs> Most of the time it's off because we only watch like a couple of things. This is like, you know, other than that, and, and when we watch those, we record those on DVR. So we never watch anything live because, A, I don't want to sit through the commercials. I don't right. want to watch that crap. That bores the mess out of me. So, yeah, we just have this artwork sitting over the fireplace here. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's good for UFC fights. I'll say that much. But, see, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, like, like I, I, will, I will partially agree with you guys because I, I do like TV, but basically what I watch is I watch um, – it's so funny. Mike, people always want to know what I watch on TV. I get asked that all the time. It is the weirdest damn thing. So some boring, so, got some boring people out there. It is weird. They say, what do you do in your day, throughout your day, and what do you watch on TV? So I um, – when I need something stupid, it's easy to find that on Family Guy. So I'll do that periodically. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, but aside from that, I watch Discovery, uh, yeah. Science Channel, Travel Channel, and History Channel, which are all part of the Discovery Network. And, yeah, exactly. And, and, it's like the same and, channel and, for me. <laughs> yeah, and by default, uh, which, Mike, I, I know you want to talk about, House Hunters International, which is about people becoming expats or living abroad and doing things like that and kind of mm-hmm. – using this entrepreneurial digital nomad travel trip lifestyle to be able to go live and work anywhere. So it's kind of inspiring yeah, for, yeah. for me. So yeah, that, 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 that actually inspi- that inspires, you know, some of the new direction we're going with our business. So that's, that's why I, I uh, enjoy that. But believe me, I am not watching Springer or anything like that. <laughs> is that still on? <laughs> I, I, I think it is. I mean, how many, how many more, like, baby's fathers can Maury find? I mean, why, why is that shit? <laughs> well, what's funny is, uh, I mean, what's funny is that his uh, Springer security guard, Steve Wilkos, that guy had yeah. a show. Yeah. And I didn't real, apparently he's had a show for a long time. I didn't realize that until recently. And I, I, I think just, Jerry it's, it's, produced it's, 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 it. Yeah, it's yeah. the same kind of show. Yeah, it's funny. I found that out when my mom was in town. It's like it's funny what I discovered when my mom was here, just relaxing. I'm like, oh wow, that's still on. That's on. Wait a minute, they have a show. Wait a minute, Young and the Restless? they haven't canceled Young and the Restless yet. I thought they got rid of all. So it's just crazy, man. 
No, but I mean, with, with, with Netflix, though, and YouTube, you can find a lot of those kind of shows if you want to watch them. Animal yeah. Planet shows, Discovery shows, without the commercials. A lot of TV channels have their shows that you can watch on their websites. So, I mean, so if you really want access to those things, you can still find it. But in terms of cutting down on some bills, getting rid of the cable, that will save you a little bit of money. And then mm-hmm. it's going to save you some time because if it's there, you're going to start watching it, and you're going to start flipping around, and you're not going to do that for five or ten minutes. You're going to do that. I mean, the average person watches four hours of TV a day, according to some statistics. That means someone's watching a lot more than four hours, yeah. eight hours, nine hours. And that's easy to do. People turn the TV on in the morning, CNN's on, the same news cycles being repeated every 10 minutes, and you're watching it. And then this is on, that's on. And you have to ask yourself, is any of this information actually giving you anything useful for the quality of your life, your business, or any other aspect of it? And most of the time, the answer is no. And even if the answer is yes, most of the time you can get that information through another medium. Well, anyway, they, add that, they add that other medium on top of that too, Mike. So they pile on a little, you know, throw some Facebook in there, throw in some Twitter. Well, check that, that's, email. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to ask, John, too, is with yeah. Facebook and Twitter, okay, those things are obviously can be used very effectively to build business. But how many people actually use it effectively? Honestly, most people I see on Facebook are trying to create their own reality TV channel <laughs> where it's all about, look at me. I went to the pool today. Look at me. I went to the grocery store. Look what I bought. Look what I did here. Look what Hashtag he did here. selfie. It's all, why, why, <laughs> yeah. why do people feel the need to post every aspect of their personal life? For me, my personal life is my business. I don't want to post any of that stuff on Facebook. Yeah, you know, I, I think it has to do with our voyeuristic society. Yeah, very and, good point. And I, and I think, you know, reality TV, uh, you know, having been on several of these shows, uh, I can tell you there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing reality about it. Weren't you an uh, original cast member for Jersey Shore? Uh, yeah, but my shirt's not <laughs> tight enough. <laughs> and I wasn't tan enough. And, and, I, and I didn't have a good enough ab, so I, so I was actually disbanded from the show. <laughs> and I, I, I ran out of hair gel, too, and they said, you're out. <laughs> Bobby, but no. how do you how do you how do you recommend people use Facebook and Twitter effectively as fitness professionals? Well, I, I, I have to be honest. I do not use Twitter nearly as effectively as I need to. You know, I, I am okay. I am not I am honestly not that good at it. My wife makes a lot of money for her businesses on Twitter. I do a lot better with Facebook, and she actually just converted oh, her she she actually just converted her personal page and merged it in with her fan page. I did that I, Mike recently. Did, yeah, Mike yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. See, yeah, I did I that a long time ago. I yeah. tried to do that, and then I would have had to let go of all my groups, which are belong you know, my exactly. uh, association and stuff, and I couldn't do that. So yeah, uh, okay. that, that was yeah. the biggest so pain, I, yeah, why I haven't done it. Same thing, John. I'm like, yeah. when is, I mean, as soon as Facebook makes it available that we can take all of our groups and even the groups that we belong to and all that and convert those along with our pages, mm-hmm. then I'm all for it. It's uh, just, yeah. Yeah. It just sucks that they, you know, they have that limit on it like that, man. Well, yeah, so, right. but I tell you what, I because I want to get rid of my personal page big time. Trust me. Well, I, I do too. But you know what's weird though? My personal page, you know, I'm maxed out at five thousand friends. I have like seventy two hundred fans or something like that, and I, I manage like six or seven groups uh, mm-hmm. for fitness, martial arts, coaching, personal development stuff. And my personal page gets far more activity, far more comments, shares, likes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but the vast majority of my friends and, you know, my personal page are fitness pros uh, and right. people that are in the coaching industry. Uh, but the same is true for my fan page with, with, you know, 20% more people, but it gets, you know, far less 
interaction. Activity and share. It's, and and I, my understanding is that that's fairly common. It's not unique to my situation. So yeah. um, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, my businesses do very well because of Facebook. It definitely adds money to our bottom line. And I'm on there every day, you know, adding content. Just recently I had a whole bunch of infographics done with motivational quotes that I've said in books and presentations and stuff like that. And, you know, I had people on Elance uh, make up, I think I did 31 of them, inspirational quotes, and then I put out one a day for a month. And so I'm doing that right now. Uh, I'm trying not to be, you know, over-obtrusive, but share some, some information. And it's good social um, – Social sharing, too, those get a lot of shares, a lot of likes, a lot of comments, which pushes right. it to the top of the news feed. And then they live uh, indefinitely, evergreen, on the web. And then, you know, my name and web address is at the bottom uh, third. And mm-hmm. it's very effective uh, social marketing that, that lives on. So, I mean, that's it. But I, I try to share, like, I, recently, I, you guys, I swear you think my house is falling apart or something like that, but my dryer broke the other day. <laughs> so... <laughs> And so I don't know if you saw it, but I posted a picture of me. My, well, my, my wife took a picture of me. I'm like half hanging back behind the dryer with my legs up in the air, sprawled out across the dryer. And she took a picture and put it up on, on Facebook. And I said, uh, you know, the dryer broke and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I decided, though, you know, I became inspired through this. And this is going to be the next Nesta certification. Uh, we're going to call it laundry room, laundry room Yoga. And this particular co pose is called downward facing dryer <laughs> and it got it got a it got like 110 likes and a bunch of shares and stuff because i i i bridged the gap of you know humility because it really it was believe me it's not a flattering pose the bottom of my feet were dirty from being behind yeah. the dryer <laughs> i'm checking this picture out right now not a good look john no it's not a good look I mean, it, like it, it looked it, like a scene from oz actually it's pretty horrific. So, but I, but it's you know being self-deprecating like that and being silly, but kind of bridging it back together with your with your market. That you know that particular thing was a very good example of how it can work well. Um, and so I experiment with different things like that too, because not all of them are hits. Um, I you know I, sometimes I say political things and then I realize I shouldn't because you know I have friends who are conservative and independent and and others are very liberal and some are yeah. for gay rights. Well, and poli- poli- politics and religion are usually topics that yeah, I avoid. I, I mean I, I don't mind voicing my opinion if asked. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to initiate discussions. And I, and I have a good friend who's a real right wing guy and this guy's always spouting his beliefs and I go this is why you you have no business because oh, <laughs> yeah. you're doing I mean, first of all, you, you, I mean, it's okay for you to have whatever beliefs you have, but what, what, why would you put that stuff out there knowing that you're just going to divide your audience unnecessarily? Yeah. It's not like, it's, not like it's, it's helping your business in any way. So my attitude is no. it's not helping your business or some kind of cause, maybe some kind of nonprofit you're into, then why are you doing it? Yeah, no, you're you're 100% right, and I think you know I like everyone else. You get caught up in it with what what you believe and and your opinion, and sometimes um, you don't state it as well as you should or could because there's not enough room in a post to explain it properly. It's kind of like in a text message when people are like, "God, dude, why are you so angry?" I'm like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I just asked you to you know meet me at five. You know, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why 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 you're pissed off about this. So sometimes." With good intention, you can also be 
misdirected. Right. Um, and so you have to be very careful with stuff like that. So I've learned my lesson. I don't do that anymore. We all have our opinions. I actually respect everyone's opinion. That's important. Uh, you don't have to agree to respect, um, and that's what makes our world and our country go around. But you do have to be careful with stuff like that, especially on your business pages. But Honestly, I, I, like, I like Twitter a lot more than Facebook. In fact, I, I use Twitter a lot more nowadays than I use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook I'll post a couple times a week. Twitter, what I like about Twitter is that, I mean, Twitter is very easy to use because you can, let's say you write an article on a topic, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. cut and paste one sentence at a time. So you can, uh-huh. one, one article can be a month's worth of Twitter posts. You just post mm-hmm. four or five of those sentences at a time. Depending on how you write it, each mm-hmm. sentence can make a point. And people really like that kind of stuff on Twitter, motivational type stuff, training mm-hmm. knowledge. And it also teaches you how to get to the point concisely because you only have 140 characters. So you have to right. verbalize your thought in a way that is clear and concise. And that makes you better when you're speaking in front of a group, when you're writing articles, because now you get to the point. You can't go on all these tangents mm-hmm. and then finally get to your point. And then because we're such an intention deficit disorder society, when someone sees a sentence that gets to a point, that can get into their head. When, when you put up an article on Facebook, 1,500 words, forget it. No one's going to read that. No, if not with the news five, feed and the messenger seconds. popping up. Yeah, exactly. exactly. If you put up a video clip on Facebook, that can be useful. An audio clip, that can be yeah. useful. A paragraph at the most on Facebook, that can be useful. Photos, et cetera, get a lot of clicks, hits. I don't know how much that adds up to anything, but that, that, that tends to draw more traffic on Facebook. But on Twitter, you can, you can get to the point very quickly. You just, you're firing all this ammo at people, ammo of information, like bam, 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 10 posts, and people are like, whoa, this is good. And then they're retweeting it. They're putting favorite on it. It's, it's going out to their audiences. So it, it's very easy to deliver something to someone on Twitter, and it's very easy for them to re-deliver that to their audience with the click of the button. So that's, those are some of the things I really like about Twitter. Yeah, You're making me feel Twitter inferior right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, for me though, for me though, I'm really, I'm really, really liking Instagram, which kind of takes a little bit of element of both. Whereas with, like with Twitter, you kind of one thing about Instagram, you don't have to worry about putting a bunch of, you don't have to worry about spam links and things like that being included or somebody posting a link to some kind of spam or anything like that. Um, right. You won't be able to click through on it, which I do like that. But also, just for me, because just I just come from that visual arts background, like I love anything dealing with like pictures and video. And what's really cool is like, um, well, of course, Instagram got bought out by Facebook. And one of the things that they incorporated now on Instagram in this, of this past month, they've added 15 second video. They've kind of just taken where Vine had started and just blew, blew Vine out of the water for anybody that's even familiar with Vine. So you, you can now post 15 seconds of video, which is really good because even if you just want to like say something and put a message out there, you got like 15 seconds. I remember that first week when they released the, the video option on Instagram last month. Uh, one of the first posts I put up was for our podcast, and it was really quick, 15 seconds. Had to get right to the point. Hey, here's you know here's the podcast coming up this week. We have this guest, and go over here to the URL. Blah 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 blah. 15 seconds. Therefore, it wasn't intrusive. People got the message. It got plenty of likes. And then you have people who are downloading and got feedback on Twitter or whatnot. Because I even told you, know, hit us up on Twitter with your feedback. And so basically, another cool thing about Instagram is like when you post something, post a photo, you can, you can add text. But again, you get right to the point. You got hashtags on it, which makes it very searchable. And then what you can do is then have it sent out to Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, um, Foursquare, whatever, you, whatever social medium you choose that they have there for it. So, boom, I never really have to leave Instagram if I want to put something out there. I have a 
a lot of videos just from my classes uh, for the past couple of weeks or whatever. I post, I post the workout itself. I just type it out. They see the video clip of it. It's 15 seconds. And I send that out to Facebook, Twitter, and, um, and Tumblr. So right there, I've kind of like killed four or five birds with like one stone. And I got on with my day. I'm back teaching class or whatever. I'm back talking to everybody. They already know I posted the video, and we're back talking again. And then when I get back, have all this feedback once I get home, and I don't have to spend all day there. So, like I said, Instagram is another great medium I think that a lot of people still are sleeping on, and it can be very beneficial to a business. I know some people are listening to all three of us right now. They're probably, like, banging their heads against the walls like, okay, well, John likes Facebook. Mike likes Twitter. He likes Instagram, which – also yeah, goes out can, Twitter can, and goes out. Yeah, it makes sense to use all of them. It's not like it has to. It's not like your whole day has to revolve around any of this exactly. stuff. For, for me, Twitter is a couple of minutes in the morning when I get up. It's a couple of minutes in the evening before I go to sleep, and that's about it. Yeah, and, you, and if then, you have your phone, you, you have it on the go. So even if right. something hits you while you're out and about, just boom, boom, hit a tweet, boom. Instagram, yeah. you see something you know that you can talk about or whatever. Hit it, boom, post it, you're on. And you can send it over to Facebook, carry on with your life. You don't have to sit there in front of your computer like trying to come up with something in an article and right. trying to write a full post on Facebook or something like that. So, like, so there's benefits in all of them. It's just about what is going to help you with your business. And, and also, which one are you more comfortable with? Right, that's exactly right. Like I was saying, like you just said, Instagram is your thing. Twitter is the one that I tend to favor. I use the others, but Twitter is the one I tend to be most consistent with. And then John is saying he's most consistent with Facebook. So, I mean, obviously, all three can be effective. You can use all three. You can focus on one. You can balance the approach. It's, it's, de- it's definitely worth engaging it. I just think it needs to be done effectively. And I see right. very few people doing any of these mediums effectively. <laughs> right. that most of the time on Twitter, it'll be a feed from Facebook. Well, no one's going to go look at that. because, yeah. or, or, or it's just posting links. Like you get on Twitter, hey, here's a link to this. Here's a link to this study. Here's a link to that. Every once in a while, that's useful, but that's just generic information. It's, not, it's nothing unique to you, and that's why someone's following you on Twitter. They don't want to get a bunch of links to stuff. They want to know what you're talking about, yeah, assuming which, you have something to say. And if, if you're just posting links, then the message, the interpretation of that is you don't have anything useful to say. Or you're not real. bother following. <laughs> you're yeah, not exactly. a real person. Like, that's the one thing like John was just saying. When John posted the picture, you know, him on the washer, it's like, yeah, he got a lot of likes on that picture because – Here's a real dude. He's a normal dude like us. This dude, yeah, he has a lot of things going on in the fitness industry, but he still has to get off his ass and fix the wash, fix the dryer. <laughs> so, and I think people yeah, well, can appreciate real. that. Well, you know, sometimes you, you, you can't just put up a facade. You know, it's like I think, you know, social media and the Internet has been the great leveler. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, if you think of it, people cannot bond if the person they want to bond with does not have some strife of some kind. If all you're talking about is how your shit doesn't stink and how you're awesome, um, <laughs> people, talk about people, that every Friday. we talk about this every week. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Uh, but, I mean, so you can't you can't do that. I mean, there, the truth is that you know I think people think when you get to a certain level of you know quote success, whatever the hell that is. Um, in the fitness industry or as, as a, a leader in an industry, that suddenly all the other challenges in life disappear. It's like, it's like it evaporates or something, which is just so ridiculous. I mean, right. and, 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 you know, I just, I just spoke about this uh, too. Um, I, I was speaking at a, an industry event in London earlier this year, and I, and I said it's not as if 
you reach an epiphany, a Shangri-La, like a magical spot of some kind, and, and you arrive, and then angels sing, and the clouds part, and like every <laughs> other challenge you ever had, it's like, oh, like nothing, like <laughs> right. nothing else matters. That is, that is such a fallacy. And, and my, my friend, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know John Latak, uh, who's uh, in, in Guernsey in the U.K., um, small island uh, off of uh, main, mainland uh, England. And mm-hmm. he's, he's a, a fantastic fitness pro, great entrepreneur. He took the time a year or two ago to cycle across the U.S. And first of all, I thought he was nuts because he went east to, east to west instead of west to east with the prevailing trail winds. But whatever. <laughs> if you like a challenge, that'll, why not add that? So so he started off like in you know Atlantic City or something like that, which is pretty common for the you know or to finish there for cross country bicycle treks, and so he did that with a, a little bit of fanfare, and he had some challenges and trials and tribulations along the way. Probably lost ten pounds, which is understandable, riding three thousand miles at, at a good clip, and then he got to I think he finished in San Diego, got off his bike, put his feet in the water, looked around, and there was freaking no one there. <laughs> he, he and his buddy are like, well, this is kind of anticlimactic, and I'm tired and hungry, <laughs> you know? But the point is, so, but think about it. Simply because you, you have a, a, an accomplishment or you reach a goal or some people would deem something you do successful doesn't mean that it's always going to be met with fanfare. And it doesn't mean it has to be. It's, sometimes it can be a personal experience and a personal revelation. And when you get there, you have to think about what does it mean to you. Now, I'm going to give you another perspective of that. So, but he still, it, it still changed his character, improved his life, and he's a better person because of that. So, and, he, and he learned a ton, and uh, his business is thriving. And I'm sure that built his character and allowed that to, to happen. <laughs> but another thing to, to think about this is when you do build up to something for your business, um, also, I learned this, that nothing is a big deal until you make it a big deal, and that is for other people as well. So if you are a fitness or a coaching pro and you're building your business and you want to have, you know, uh, like I have a release of my, my, uh, my new book, uh, August 1st, you know, and so I, I'm making it a big deal because I want it to be a number one bestseller. When you launch a new business or you, have, you open a new boot camp or you have a new personal training studio or whatever you're doing, you have to make it a big deal because if you don't make it a big deal, no one else will make it a big deal. It doesn't mean you're right. obnoxious or obtrusive, but you have to make it a big deal to create the excitement and let people know it's okay to be excited and to ask them to join you in the celebration and ask them to share the information and ask for the referral and all all those different things. But nothing is a big deal until you make it a big deal. But then again, on the other hand, sometimes when you arrive after a long journey, there's no one there to celebrate with you, and that's not what it's about either. So it depends what you want out of your journey. That's a good point. I think a lot of people achieve things and they, they get that real anticlimactic feeling that often comes with it. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why they get that feeling, and I've had it too, of course, where all of us have experienced that, is that you, you put so much weight on how you were going to feel when you actually accomplished something that there's no way it was going to live up to that. It's kind of like when you've been waiting for a movie to come out forever. Like, oh, I can't wait for that movie to come out. I can't wait for it to come out. And then when it finally does come out, it's, it's good 
but it's not that good to you because you piped it up so much in your own mind. Yes, kind of so like think, the fights we talk about, Mike. You yeah, know, exactly. big fights in the UFC. You're like, oh, man, this oh, is going to be a great fight. And then it's like, okay, that was a sleeper. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll, sincere, we'll talk about this past UFC after John has to take off because I definitely have a lot to say about oh. how anticlimactic that was. Yeah, but, get, get on that. I know John probably has something to say as well. I need to, you know, I need to vent a little bit. I need to vent a little bit about that UFC, that's for sure. <laughs> well, but, you know, I, I, well, you guys, you guys know I'm, I'm a fight fan involved in, in MMA. I, I, there's, a, there's a funny post by Mayhem that you guys uh, have to take a look at, a rant that he, he ranted against Dana. And, it, and he, he also, May, Mayhem's a trip. He actually is a pretty smart guy and makes some valid points, but, uh, but some people kind of gave him some pushback on it. But it's an interesting read regardless. You guys got to check it out. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. But I think in Hinduism, it's always about focus on excellence in the actions without being attached to the result. And mm-hmm. as, I, as I've said a million times, as a young man, I never really got that. But as I get older, I really understand that now where even when you're working out, just focus on excellence in that workout. Don't worry about that goal you have in six months. Sure, I mean, it's in the back of your mind, but you don't have to put that unnecessary pressure on yourself to the point where now every workout is miserable or you're, you're working on a product release and you're so attached to what you want how many, how many sales you want to get and all these other things, focus on making an exceptional product, focus on doing all the business steps correctly, writing good ad copy, promoting it, like you said, making sure you're excited about it, getting other people excited about it, and it'll come together. But I, I, I think people focus on, once I achieve this, then I'll be happy. Once I have this, then I'll be happy. Once I get this, then I'll be happy. And yeah. then, they're surprised, they're, then they're surprised how little difference it really made in their overall happiness once they get, finally get there. Yeah, yeah that's, called the, that's called the when-then syndrome. Right. Yeah. When-then. When I have this, then. When-then. Yeah. And then, yeah, even if, they, even if it was everything they expected at the end, it's just like you're not done. I mean, uh-huh. you're going to be bored because you're going to be thinking like, well, I did that. And it came out the way I, you know, I thought it was going to be. Can I do it again? That's just human nature. You want to question like, okay, can I, pull it, can I do it twice? That's why you see some people who win the lottery, you know, they still go the next day and play the lottery again. <laughs> it's just like, well, damn. Let's see, if it, let's see if lightning can strike twice, you know, in the same place. <laughs> they don't just get well, complacent, yeah. but then yeah, they lose it all. You gamble all the time. Like, yeah, you go gambling and you have a couple of good – you have a good run at the blackjack table, yeah. and instead of getting up and leaving, what do you say? You go, oh, let's, just, let's see if I can keep this going. And then, you, and then you end up losing all of it, and then you try to chase the losses with more money, you end up losing that. <laughs> which, is, now, which is now why say, most casinos say, hate my wife and me, because I say, look, we have a $100 budget. Okay, whatever we win with 100 bucks, we win. If we lose 100 bucks, we lost. And well, we'll, we'll get on the table and win like an extra 75, and I get up. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm done. I still have my hundred. I got your seventy-five. Good night. <laughs> I was watching a, a show on, on uh, gambling the other day. On a lot of the show on Las Vegas gambling, and they talked about how Bill Gates, when he used to come in there, he would just play at the five-dollar table <laughs> for a blackjack, <laughs> and he would do it just to pass time, right? And then he would leave, and they're trying to get him to do all this high roller stuff. Oh, Mr. Gates, we have to sweep for you. We can do this. He's like, nah, I don't need any of that. I'll just stay here at the five dollars. He's like, I'm Bill Gates. I can buy the suite. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I can buy the casino right now. I don't need in fact, to I can actually buy Las Vegas and put it back in the black. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like good luck. Good luck trying to butter that guy up. He can buy the whole Las Vegas trip and not blink twice about it. It's <laughs> hilarious. Now, now, John, we were talking about just um, earlier, you were saying, like, you know, within 23 days, man, you get an idea, you get it going. 
what is the process, man, of you putting all this stuff together? Because, dude, you've done a lot. And, and there's, I mean, there are a few things that I've worked with you. I mean, I've done the online coaching with Nesta. You and I, you know, we collaborated on the Wellness Code book last year. But every time I look up, dude, you've got something going on, and pretty much most of it, it has success behind it. So I'm just like, what is the process when you get that idea? Because, you know, a lot of times folks have a lot of great ideas. But the thing is, they just kind of like, ah. Uh, you know, I, well, how do I get it going? How do I get this started? Beyond the fear, um, like, what if it works? <laughs> well, well let, let, me, let, let me pull back the veil and be the truth that Oz behind the curtain here. Um, there are a lot of failures. I assure you, <laughs> there are a ton of failures. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I realize that it is non-recoverable, right. I'm, I'm out. I, when I when I when I fail big time and I know it's just a bomb, I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. And kind of like so that, I, uh, kind of like that edible underwear line you had for business professionals last year. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> See, <laughs> that's well, a I, workout. I, underwear. I almost got as many crickets on that as that uh, Asian Coral course back in 2000. <laughs> 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 Actually, I don't think it was crickets. I think Jaws was like, how do you know about that? I don't think I'd make a comment like that. I'm, I, I'm fairly outspoken, but I don't, I don't think I would have used the words edible underwear and workout in the same sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just clever that way. I come, I come up with all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when you don't watch TV anymore, so you get the creative juices <laughs> in your mind going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, so here I, dude, I, 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 you know, it, to answer your question, um, there are, oh, my God, this is going sideways. Um, I, look, I, I, I screwed up so many times I can't even begin to tell you. Like, really, I've had a lot of small blunders, and I've had some major blunders. I've, I've, I've lost a million dollars doing stupid stuff. You know, and, and that's painful, you know, but, but, uh, but there's been a lot of big successes along the way too, but I've definitely mm-hmm. screwed up. So I don't want people to have that illusion that I haven't because, oh yeah, <laughs> I screwed up big time. I think the the difference is now I screw up less often and it costs less when I screw up. And when I have a hit, it's a much bigger hit and I can reach that success point faster. And the, and the reason for that is I say no to things about 95% of the time, maybe 98. It's right. not that I necessarily want to. I just think it's a better idea that I do. Because I, I, got, I got hit up by three different business proposals in the last three hours. And I'm not kidding you. You know, different, different sizes, nothing too crazy today. But it happens all the time. So I have to say no a lot. Um, and, I, and, and, and that kind of bums me out, but it, is, but it lets you focus on what's important. It's talk about, you know, doing those purges. You, you have to purge what is most important. And so, so now there, I, I do things that are very low risk. You know, a lot of, a lot of the people watching, um, or watching, man, I screwed up, listening, listening to us right now, if you're watching us, uh, apparently you see that I'm in my underwear. So, but if you're, <laughs> if, you're if you're listening right now, a lot of you, a lot of you guys and ladies too are probably UFC fans or MMA. Low risk, like a low risk maneuver, is like a leg kick, right? You can you can set up you can set up a punch or a takedown or whatever with a leg kick. It's low risk, but if you do it right, you can you can set it up and win the fight. Yeah, right, if down. you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna do like a flying wheel kick or a spinning <laughs> back fist, you can have a spectacular knockout, but it's higher risk. 
So I would prefer to do things like leg kicks and jabs and, and do things that are low risk but high return that don't expend too much energy, and if I screw up, I have a fast recovery. How do, how do you like that MMA tie-in? Well, all I know, all I know is Mike is probably sitting over there right now thinking about Rory McDonald. Yeah, exactly. Straight like, like, That's why Mike's like so quiet Rory right McDonald's now. Like, nah, I, I kind of like the John Jones my business, buddy. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? In business, that makes perfect sense. As a, as a fan watching the UFC, in, in terms of keeping my interest, no, not a good approach. But, but, in, but then again, but then again, they're, they're not. They're not in there thinking about whether I'm interested or not, because I sure as hell wouldn't be if I were in there, so that's okay. But I think, I think a couple things with business that I was focused on, because I'm like you, John, I turn down stuff quite a bit as well, and, it, and it's not because it makes me feel good, or I, I'm like, oh, I'm so great, I get all these opportunities, and I'm just shooting mm-hmm. away. It's just that, yeah, exactly. It, it either doesn't make sense, or it's something that I'm not remotely excited about. And that's usually my barometer, is that one, it has to make sense, and two, it has to be something where I'm like, wow, that sounds cool. Like, I definitely want to get involved with that. Like when I started coming out with my own nutrition supplement line, I got really excited about it. I started doing it. I, was, I mean, I'm always doing a lot of research. But when I started realizing, you know what, this is a good idea. I should start expanding my brand, start coming out with good ideas instead of just selling other people's stuff. Why don't I make my own stuff and put my label on it and go through, and go through that process? And there's a lot of tedious steps involved with that, but it's very exciting stuff as well. And that's my barometer of you're not going to put up with the tedious steps unless it's something you're really excited about. And I think that's another mistake people make is they think, okay, this is going to make me money, so I'm going to do that. And then there's going to be a lot of, a lot of tedious steps involved with that. And if it's not something you're excited about, you're going to, you're going to lose that battle of attrition. Because yeah. that's where it's going to become. It's going to become a battle of attrition real fast. And the mistake a lot of trainers that I see make is they'll, they'll come to me and say, I've got an idea for a video. Do you think this will sell? Do you think this will make me money? And you can tell they're not even remotely excited about it. I'm well, like, the fact they haven't asked you is already suspect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, one, do you even do this style of training? Have you ever, I mean, you're, you're espousing information that you even follow this stuff yourself. Have you actually benefited from this personally? Because those are the kind of things I look at. That's why with my nutrition supplements, it's always going to be stuff I use personally. I'm not going to sell something, even if it's good, if it's not something I'm using personally. Like the other day, a guy asked me if I'm ever going to make stuff for women. And I said, not specifically, because I'm not going to use stuff that's made for women. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my barometer and then is like, oh, well, you know, you should do this. People always want to tell you what you should or shouldn't do with your business, which is laughable to me. But it's, I love it. It's yeah. like, oh, why don't you do this? is what you should be doing. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll be the judge of what I should or shouldn't be doing. <laughs> But, it, but it's like, why, why do I have to come up with a great line of products for women? Why, like, like, why don't you do it, Einstein? Yeah, exactly. Well, why can't a woman do that? And the fact is, women, women have done that. There's plenty of good lines out there that have been created by women. So it's not like well, I have to be the guy that, that creates everything for everyone. I create a very niche of stuff that I'm excited about. And as a result, it's easy to get other people excited about it because it's genuine. Well, the other thing is, too, I mean, I appreciate inputs because I, I, you know, I, I like sure, fresh perspectives. How, however, you know, you do have to be careful who you get your advice from. Like, if, if right. you're not going to get your, you're not going to get your stock advice from a shorter cook making your your pancakes at Denny's. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, he's not he's not going to be your salvation for financial security. Right. 
But it, but it, it, it's that kind of stuff where they're the first people to give you advice, and it's always someone who's not involved in the business in any way, so they have no idea all the different steps. Well, yes, like that financial analyst that's trying to give you like stock advice, but you know his bank account looks like he worked at McDonald's for the past year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or the, well, you know. well, that's the other thing. If people people sh- they should have personal results to support whatever it is they're trying to profess. At least I think so. I think. So if someone tells me this training program is great. I'm going to ask him or her, well, what kind of results did you have? Oh, I've never used it before. Well, then how do you know that it's great? I just heard it, I heard it was good. Yeah, I don't, I don't care if you read about it. Man, well, man, man, I want to know if you actually experienced progress on this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, you guys, I have, I have, like, I have like five minutes. And I, yeah, that's and what I was about to say, John. I know you got to run, brother. So just, like, let everyone know, like, you know, what do you have coming up and also where everybody can find you. All right. Well, if you want to talk about one more quick thing, I'm more than happy to do that, but I'll, I'll give the, uh, the, the quick uh, pitch here. Um, I'm more than happy to help you guys with whatever I can. Um, and if I can't help you, I can refer you to someone who probably can. My main site is my name, johnspencerellis.com. And then from there, you can just kind of check out all the different stuff we have going on. I mean, anything from certifications to degree programs at the Western University, uh, business coaching, um, a lot of stuff for martial arts and martial arts business, uh, MMA, uh, personal development stuff. It's, it's kind of a wide range. So basically, like, if you're into a fitness, nutrition, personal development, working out, being your best, and helping other people be their best, I probably have something that would be helpful to you. How about that? All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, John has a lot of great information, so I definitely encourage you to check out his stuff. Look him up on YouTube as well because he has a ton exactly. of lectures on there, interviews, and just just a wealth of knowledge. So definitely check out his info. John, one one question I have for you before you go yep. is, a good friend of mine in Australia, Kent Pompa, he's a great coach who hosted my course in, in Sydney, Australia. He made a very astute point about a lot of trainers he knows where he made the point that they spend so much time in the field teaching workshops, private lessons, designing programs, that they never allocate any time whatsoever to building their business. Mm-hmm. Nor, do they, nor do they delegate that out to someone to build their business. And I see a lot of trainers making that mistake. They're, they're, they've got their nose in the grind, which everyone has to do at some point in their career, but they're never allocating any time to develop their business. Now, do you recommend that people alle- delegate that skill set to someone else to help build their business, pay that person? Or do you think people should be more self-reliant and find a way to learn the business? figure out how things work, and go from there. Um, it's both. It's both because right, there's, right. A lot of, there's a lot of things that require a personal touch. Like I, I personally can't imagine someone making my Facebook posts because right. I, have a, I have a certain way of communicating, and I want to do that to make it personal. So when you see something right. on Facebook, it's for me. I did all that myself. Uh, you know, some people I delegate that, and there's just no way I would do that. Um, but the important thing, again, is be honest. What do you know and what don't you know? Get help with what you don't know. And, and, and do an assessment. If you, see, if you see that you really are lacking something, like if, if you've been a trainer for five years and you don't even have a blog, um, you need a blog. <laughs> right, you know, right. if, if it, go, go buy yourname.com if you can. You know, you need to secure that if it's available. That's really important. Right. Um, you, if, you, if you don't even know who you attract then you certainly don't know who you repel and vice versa. So right. narrow down your niche. And, and, and if you need help with that, then go through some, some uh, branding and niche development programs. But I, basically it's like this, you guys. I always think it's a one-to-one ratio. 
If I learn a technique for martial arts, I want to learn about marketing. If I learn something about biomechanics, I'm going to learn something about branding. If I learn something about search and optimization, I'm going to learn something about functional anatomy. And it's a one-to-one. You know, if I learn something about neural health, I'm going to learn uh, something about uh, press releases. And, and it just goes like that. That's just the way it is. And, and, and that will keep you on top, and that will make you successful. But being too dominant, people go, why have a niche? Well, you can have a niche of poverty if you're not careful. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So make sure exactly. you've you, you got to learn the skills. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, that, that poverty market is kind of oversaturated these days, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a crowded, it's a crowded market, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to rise to the top of poverty, yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, John. Really pleasure having you yeah, on. Man. We'll, we'll definitely get you on again, and we know you're super busy, so thanks a lot for coming on and taking the time to share your wisdom with us. Uh, no worries. I'm going to check on my plumbing, and uh, I'll see you guys soon. All right, check out, out – check out, your Google search button, John, you can find a plumber in your area. I may be able to come over there later today to help you out with that. I appreciate your infinite wisdom. All right. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. Thank you, guys. See you guys. All right, bye. And that's our friend, John Spencer Ellis. Definitely check him out on YouTube. He has a ton of great info there. Very successful guy and very approachable guy, too. He's, I've actually spoken at lectures before, or at events before, rather. I gave a lecture at an event where he was there as well. And First time I met him, we had a nice conversation. And though we don't agree with everything that either one of us have to say, it's just like none of us do. But we have, we have a, lot, a lot of mutual respect. And I, I always learn something new from him every time he comes on or every time I talk to him. So I definitely picked up some stuff today that I'll be applying to my business. But just to carry on with that discussion on fitness <laughs> business techniques and yeah. so forth, and then, and then I think we, we, we got to jump into this past UFC. <laughs> but I think, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they don't, pull the trigger. I, I know so many people who think they just need to know more before they can jump in the game. Exactly. And I knew, I talked to a couple of people last year who were in this zone, and guess what? It's a year later, and nothing has happened. Nothing's happened. They, they haven't written any articles. They haven't done any YouTube clips. They haven't done any interviews. They haven't done anything that will help build their business. And I don't care if they took a class on something or if they did this. So what? What, 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 what have you done with it? It's yeah. like me reading about training for three years and never working out. It doesn't matter how many books <laughs> I read. At some point, you have to work out. So, I mean, so one of the things I did early in my business is I took massive action. I, got, I realized I like to write, so I'm just going to write a ton of articles. And my goal was to write 100 articles as soon as possible. And it took a couple of years, and I did it. And I got articles all over the web. I got them in magazines. I was just a prolific writer. And, yeah, a lot of the articles suck, but a lot of anything you do back then is going to suck. You're starting out. So you have to – I mean, I look back on some of the stuff I wrote, and I go, man, that, that, that really sucked. Yeah. But it was good enough at the time. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not going to get better without putting out stuff that sucks and getting feedback so that yeah, you Here's the thing. It's like it may not have been that great, you know, when you look back at it now, but it was far better than those who didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least it was something. That exactly. Was, and a lot of those articles still build my name now. I mean, stuff I wrote 10 years ago, I still get traffic on that right. stuff now. I still get people asking questions about stuff I wrote 10 years ago. So, I mean, that stuff is still building my business. And it's funny. Sometimes someone will ask me something about an article, and I have to actually go back and read the article myself because it's so long ago, I don't even know what they're talking about. And then often the, the information is updated, and I'll, I'll tell them that. But the, the point is, is that you have to take – at some point, you have to take massive action. You can't just research all day long. Research is important, 
but it's, it's easy to use that as a delaying tactic where you never take action. And I always tell people, I, I go, look, I don't know what you're going to do, but I can tell you this. A year from now, and you ask me what I'm up to, it's going to be a lot more than what I'm doing right now. Exactly. It's never, never going to be – a year is same never going to go by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a year is never going to go by in my life where someone asks me, oh, what are you up to now? And I go, oh, you know, I'm pretty much just doing the same thing. That's never going to happen. So I always tell them that. I go, you know, I don't have any control over what are you are going to do or not do. But I can tell you one thing's for sure. When you talk to me in a year, I'm going to have a lot going on more than I have right now. So what are you going to do? Exactly. So, and, and it's so funny, like you brought, you know, about the articles and not even knowing. Like I remember you and I did a workshop. I think it was, I think it was this last workshop. No, actually, probably before that. And we were talking about just like EDT, you know, Charles Staley's program, but just doing right. it with kettlebells. And I can just kind of see you like, oh, damn, let me kind of remember when I wrote about that. Because I remember seeing that article probably, man, a good, probably like right around the early 2000s on bodybuilding.com. Yeah. That's yeah, when I first kind of really, that's when I really came across you is when I was actually looking up EDT. You know, I was trying to, when, you know, I saw Charles Staley putting it out with barbells and dumbbells. Oh, you know, so I was sitting thing. I said, I wonder if this can be done with kettlebells. So I put EDT kettlebells, and that's when your article <laughs> came up in bodybuilding.com, and that's when I first really came across you. So I think this had to be, like, probably like 2003, 2004, maybe. Yeah, yeah A long time ago, yeah. man. So that was my first experience just, you know, with your programs then. And I remember when I brought that back up again. I know you were like, huh, whoa. Wow, you brought that up? Like, how'd you pull that out your ass? And see? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Charles Staley, he's a really cool guy. We'll get him on the show very soon, actually. He's a wealth of information. His, his EDT program is awesome. We'll definitely get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited because Robert Green, author of – 48 uh, Mastery, 48 Laws of Power, and the book with 50 50 Cent, 50th Law. Yeah, Yeah, 50th Law. He actually got back to me a couple days ago and said that he's he's either going to be available to come on next week or the following week. So I'm going to follow up. Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to follow up with him later on today and see if we can iron down a date. But I, I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am to talk to Robert Green because I'm, I'm literally reading his books now. Yeah, I'm listening to him, the 50 Power right now. It's funny that when you, you when you even like text me about it and you know we're talking about, it, I was like, dude, I'm listening to that right now. You know, yeah. I just purchased it off Audible probably a couple of weeks right before you brought it up. Uh, so because I was just happening to hear it like in, um, when I was searching for another book. That one popped up as a suggestion, and right. and I'd already heard about you know the forty eight laws of power. Um, I mean, dude, coming from you know the music industry and the hip hop world, that book is going to come across some from somewhere, whether it's from Puffy, Timberland, somebody else. Those guys have read that book and been influenced by that book, and so if anybody's actually like into reading in that in that industry they're going to be like well dude let me i, I need to check it out if he's checking you know i'm looking these guys are very successful so let me check this book out and because i'm always you know i'm always looking at people who are doing things that interest me and things are in, that i want to do not necessarily their specific industry i don't i don't want to be a record label owner or producer or anything like that but right. what i'm doing is looking at the hustle and the method yeah. of the hustle and that's one of the reasons why when i Okay, I saw the 48 Laws of Power, but then I saw the 50 of Power, and I saw that, you know, Robert collaborated with 50 on that book. Right. I said, okay, let me, let me get that one first, because that one resonates a little bit more with me after I listened to the first five-minute sample that you can get on Audible. And, yeah. dude, it's funny, on, when we went to pick up my mom a couple of weeks ago, it was a road trip, it was uh, the kids and, and my wife and me. So pretty much instead of just listening to just pointless music on the radio while we're on the road trip, I'm listening to audiobooks. And so it's like this. You can either listen to it with me or you can put on your headphones and listen to your <laughs> pointless music. You know, right. so, 
and it's so okay. funny because when I, in, my son, I mean, he's really into marketing and being an entrepreneur, and he's been like that probably since like middle school. So, and like Damon John is like his 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 hero. He loves that dude, and so which is good because it's better than him, you know, finding walk a flock of flame to be his hero. And so it makes me <laughs> makes, makes right. me proud as a parent, you know, that it's like that. So as soon as I put that book on, he turned off his MP3 player. My daughter turned her stuff off. My wife, you know, she stopped listening to her, her relaxation music. Everyone was listening to the 50th law, and they were all into it because everyone got something from it. My son, you know, loves music industry, loves that, you know, the, the, just the marketing that they, those guys do. So he was really digging the fact that he heard 50 Cent talking on that. And plus he got to see 50 Cent in a different way other yeah, than what's cool. portrayed or the image that he's, he's marketed himself as. And right. at the same time, you know, of course, my wife and I, we're listening to what Robert's talking about. And my daughter's just taking it all in. So it was something there for everyone. And it was one of those opportunities, instead of just wasting your time on something that's just mindless, you know, right. just like some crappy music or whatever else. I mean, we're going to be stuck in a car together for almost three hours. You right. know, let's just make the most of it. And they really, it was to the point where like when it was over, when we finally made it to the destination. My son was asking about that book, like, okay, what book is that? Who is that? And he was just excited about that. So it just says a lot about the writing style. First of all, the writing style of Robert Greene. I think it has something for each generation. So it's not like he's just this old dude that's talking to old dudes or dudes that want to be just rich CEOs or something like that. But at the same time, he doesn't try to dumb it down and try to be hip and try to speak hip-hop and all this other madness, too, and being very insulting, you know, with that. And, I mean, even 50 didn't even do that in his part of the audio book and in the writing. So. Yeah, excellent no, book. I, I agree, man. It's score, awesome. I, I, score for actually, getting him, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I actually audible.com is a great website. I actually have it in audio format and I have it in paperback format too because I like picking up the information in both formats. Oh yeah, like you said, All you're sensors, driving around. Yeah. I like listening to the audio. Well, sometimes yeah. when I'm on a plane, it's great. But I don't really like reading on planes. It's not comfortable. I just can't no. get into it. But I like taking back and listening to something, getting some work done. Because you can only watch so many movies on a 10-hour flight. After a while, even if they're good, you're like, you know what? I don't need to watch three movies in a row. But that's, you start that's actually, feeling like you're deteriorating. It just feels like yeah. your brain is melting. <laughs> you just feel like you're just wasting time. So what I like about today's world is that you don't have to ever have any wasted time. I mean, if you, if you have a bunch of audiobooks in your iPhone, and let's say you're stuck in traffic for four hours, now you can pick up a lot of great information. You're on a 10-hour flight. Now you can pick up a lot of great information. You're stuck mm-hmm. in an airport because your flight has been delayed for two hours. You can listen to an audio book, pick up some good information. You never have to have dead time anymore. You're exactly. at the I don't want to just sit there and listen to just traffic in the same three songs over and over. Like for me, <laughs> this past, past couple of weeks, man, I've just been, I've been listening to uh, Marianne Williamson. She, um, on Audible, they have um, – a workshop on the Course of Miracles, which I've been reading the Course of Miracles, and you know it's a big influence in a lot of the stuff. You know the way I see things, it just really opens your eyes to a lot of different things, man. No matter what, you know what background that you have as far as spirituality or lack of or anything like that, it's just life stuff. It's just yep. stuff that makes you go like, wow, you know what? Okay, it just helps you change your language, you know, and things that you tell yourself or the programming that you've had since you've been born. Like I, said, I just posted on uh, one of my fan pages, like you know we're all born with a clean slate. It, you know, but the thing is, like, so pretty much we're that clean slate where we can pretty much paint any picture we want or write down any and tell any story we want. But what happens is other people decide that they're going to impose their own stories and their own picture on our clean slate in the very beginning. So at some point, we've got to grow up and decide, like, you know what? That was not my picture that was drawn. That wasn't my story. You know, like, first of all, like our parents. You know, there may have been some dreams or whatever else or expectations that they had, 
and they didn't reach them, and they tried to impose it on us. Right. But, you know, we, you know, once we get old enough to, you know, use our minds, it's like you can decide, like, you know what, I'm not – I'm going to write my own story now. You know what, our parents did what they – you know, they did what they could. They did their very best, you know, for most, for most parents. I'm not going to say all parents. You know, they did the best they could. But you get to make the choice where, okay, but now I get to live my own life or whatever. So that's one of the things, you know, just really helps, you know, when you have, like, of course, Americans. Because some people, they haven't reached that point yet where what we say common sense, which we know is not that common, especially these days. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't know if com- com- common sense is like one of those oxymoron words. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, common, the common ideology is not sensical. You know, it's nonsensical. So it's, it's things, 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 things that are common are usually, there's not a wisdom in the math. I mean, that's, I mean, there's, you got to look at the word common. How are we using this word? Yeah. Do we see it often? That, okay. Then yeah, it's common. You know, does it make sense? Hell no. Most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, whatever the masses are doing, you know, is not the right strategy. <laughs> so, so if the masses are all going to party on Vegas on a Friday night, guess what? You're probably going to have a better time if you go on Thursday night or Sunday <laughs> night. You know, I mean, I, I never go with I never go with the herd. So, exactly. I mean, we, people are like, "Oh, what are you doing Friday night?" I go, "I work most weekends," and then I go out on Monday or Tuesday when if there's exactly. a good show or something because I don't I don't go with the herd. Why do I need to deal with that hassle? I, I set all my own hours where I, I can organize my life the way I want. So, I mean, yeah. just because everyone else is doing something on Saturday night doesn't mean that I feel obligated to. I, I'd rather go out on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday exactly. night. Exactly. And that even comes down to just basic stuff you got to take care of. Like, if I need to go and get my registration, I have to go downtown, right. Right. you know, or I need to go renew my license, I'm going to tell you the days I'm not going to do it. And that's going to be Monday right. and, first of all, Friday and Wednesday. Or last and, day of the month. <laughs> and even Thursday, you're kind of playing it kind of close because some people think they're smart. And they're like, well, nobody's going to be there Thursday. I like to go on <laughs> Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Why 2 yeah. o'clock? You've, everybody's already going back to work for lunch. Right. And I'm not trying to go in the morning because everybody's trying to like, well, let me just do it before I go to work. I want to go at 2 o'clock. You know, I don't want to go at 4 because everybody's getting off early to go take care of that stuff. So you've got to find that sweet spot. I even use that even just with my email marketing. Uh, even when I'm sending out emails, I, I, don't, I don't like sending emails out on a Monday. Because guess what? Everybody's sending emails out on Monday. And when I, trust me, when I turn my computer on on Monday, my, I mean, my email box is just bombarded with crap. Or right. even the stuff that I've subscribed to is just like everybody decides they're going to send it that day. And Friday, we know that most people already have the weekend in mind, so they're not mm-hmm. really trying to read their email. They're trying to hurry up, get whatever work they need to get done, and get out, get out of work and go to happy hour. Right. <laughs> okay? You know, or just get home and kick back and hang out with the family. And, again, Wednesday, I don't know what it is about Wednesday where people feel like it's Friday light. <laughs> so they, they tend to do all the light activities from Friday on Wednesday. So they always think about, okay, happy hour, you know, it's hump day, you know, getting over the middle of the week. Um, but to me, I'm like, dude, that's every day's hump day for me. <laughs> so that's just uh, me personally. But You know what's interesting, though, is to contrast that a little bit, what's interesting is that when, when something is really good, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what day it's on, you're going to check it out. So, yeah, for example, if, if like when Spartacus was on Friday night, I didn't necessarily revolve my – day around that, but I made a point of knowing that it was always on Friday exactly. night. Okay. I, I, agree with that. I agree with I that. I might record it and watch it the next day. So in other words, if it's on Friday night, I'm not, I'm not, that's not going to make me less or more interested just because the fact it's on that night. If I'm around, I'm definitely going to watch it or I'm going to record it and watch it another day. So I mean, if you're putting out great information, whether it's on Monday or Friday, people are going to be excited to receive it and they're going to watch it. Now on the same, on, on the, on, to contrast that again, well, your thing also makes sense, though, because 
since Monday is such a busy day for a lot of people, does it make sense to put it out on Monday when you can put it out Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? Of course right. not. You might as well put it out on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Give people a chance to catch up. And if you have to put it out on Friday, no, because it's not the best day to put it out. You might as well put it out on Thursday. But I think where I'm going with this is I think people get a little bit too focused on minutia where they start thinking, oh, what's the best day, time, this, that, and so forth. You and, the part that, man. and the part that they forgot is that what they're sending out is not worthy of being open. It's, it's garbage. So that, that's the reason why people aren't opening it. It's not because of the day that they're receiving it. It's the fact that there isn't anything in it that has any intrinsic value. So they're just kidding the least, like all of us do when we get emails. Yeah, looking at the tagline going, nah, this person never sends that info. It's I was just about to say that, so especially if they're the people that John was talking about, you know, who just – you know, they, have, they sit there and outsource their, their posts and things like that. So these people are talking <laughs> in this voice that is not authentic. I mean, trust me, if you write something and I write something, people know it's you and me. Right. Because exactly. they know our voice goes the same way we write is the same way we talk. The same way we teach our courses. Like, there is no change in voice when it comes to us. We are who we are. But there are some people, I read their emails, I'm like, okay, but dude, I know you. And this is not you. Right. <laughs> who the hell is this? And oh, why are you being so safe? Or why are you trying to be an asshole in your email, but you're like the coolest, kindest, meekest dude ever in person? Like, so exactly. I, that's I why like that's why like um, Zach yeah. Evanish. Like Zach, when you re- I, yeah. when I'm reading Zach's emails, I hear Zach talking. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> yeah. gonna say I hear it in his voice. He even writes the words <laughs> that he says, brother. And all yeah. stuff. he writes it just yeah. like that, so he's very yeah, authentic. True. You know. Well, that, that, and that's why he has such a big following is because exactly. people like that. On, that's just, the, the kind of trending information he puts out is stuff he does. Exactly. And, 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 I'll, and I'll be honest, some of his, some, 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 a lot of times he's, you can tell that someone did some copywriting for him, and there's, there's, sometimes there's over-the-top marketing that's been associated with some of the stuff he does, and you can tell it's not coming from him. So, I mean, we, we've all made mistakes like that throughout our Yeah, and I think well, with that, it's like, you know, I think he actually posted about that um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, just talking about, like, in those early days. Like, we all, we all did in those early days. Yeah, you know, I, a lot of us got from the same resources, you know, who will remain nameless, you know. And, and, <laughs> but eventually, when you really start finding your own voice and really see who your niche is and really, you know, you realize, like, you know what? I don't need that stuff. Because, A, my folks are going to see right through that. So my folks mean the people that, that follow you and, and that remember, resonate with you. I had and so this article, and the tagline was like, burn more fat than a blowtorch or something like that. <laughs> you know, that. That's like one of those articles that will always haunt you. It's like, hey, buddy, is this really going to burn more fat than a blowtorch? You know? <laughs> I didn't have an article, burn, but I had You want to burn more fat than a, a Friday night hooker in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> That, that would have been a better tagline. Yeah, exactly. Like, now, that I can relate to. That's burning, right? Okay. That, that at least about burning now. <laughs> yeah, that, that at least is funny rather than uh, blowtorch. That, that's the kind of dumb stuff you come up with, though, early in your career. But you know yeah. what? It's better to put that out than nothing, which is the mistake that people make. Sure. That, you're not, you know what? You learn more from your mistakes than your successes. So you, you, yeah, here's you, you have to accept the reality that you're going to make. I, I make mistakes every week, just like what John said. You're yeah. going to make more mistakes than you make successes, but – if you do things right, the successes will make up for all those mistakes and you'll be ahead of the game. Hey, man, and look at this. The cool thing about it, we can look back at our mistakes and we can have something to laugh at. For those people, <laughs> for those people who have done nothing, they, they're not laughing because they have nothing to laugh at. They have no <laughs> reference of, of comedy. Whereas I can look back like, what the hell is this crap? I look at some of my copy, I'm like, ugh. Dude, you're killing me right now. <laughs> I, look, I look back at some of the photos I have online, which, 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 which have been immortalized. Like, there's photos of me with my shirt off, 
pressing <laughs> pressing kettlebells on top of an endo board. You know? <laughs> and it, that was like one of those dumbass ideas you have back then. It's like, huh, if I can press this on an endo board, think about how much stronger I'll be on the ground. Uh, not stronger at all is how much stronger you'll be. Oh. The worst the worst part about it is when I was experimenting with endo board kettlebell training, which is one of those dumbass ideas that obviously didn't fortunately fortunately I never taught a class or incorporated that into any information, such as a Thank video. you for not making a certification on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, ne- I never started having endo boards on my course to say, okay, guys, now we're going to try something new. Kettlebell snatches on an endo board and, and have five people flip off those things and break their neck. But, but I remember one guy did, and I don't know if he was inspired by me or someone else, but this one guy started teaching these courses where – he had like eight or nine people on endo boards, and they were going to do some kettlebell work. And I was like, oh, God, I hope this guy wasn't right. inspired by me. I mean, I don't know what happened. I hope, I hope this guy, one, number one, wasn't inspired by me with that, and number two, didn't have any success with that. <laughs> because that – and I like the endo board for other things, such as part of my joint mobility. I like to stand on it and move around to open up the hips. It's fun to play around with, but yeah. does it, does, is it something you should be lifting weights on? No, of course not. So anyway, I'm glad I made that mistake early in my career. And also, I'm glad I had enough wherewithal to actually think about it and say, you know what, even if you can handle playing around with this, probably not the best idea to recommend anyone else does this. And, exactly. and, 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 and even if you can't pull it off, what's the benefit? None. There is no benefit. So if I, if, I, if I can press, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I can press 270-pound kettlebells five times on an endo board, is that going to improve my performance on the ground? The answer is no. If anything, it may actually – have a negative effect on Yo, yo, come on, bro. It's going to, like, make your core so much better, bro. It's the core. <laughs> Do you even lift, bro? Let's try one-legged jumping squats on an board. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have sex on an board? Let's try. Let's try a wall squat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like you said, you know what? You make a good point, man. I'm glad you said that. That, that. That's a great way to look at it. Is at least we can look back and laugh at these things as opposed to looking back and having nothing to laugh at because we didn't do anything. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> Speaking of not doing anything, that's a great way to segue. <laughs> that's my segue. <laughs> that's a great way to segue into this last week at UFC, man. Come on. For a, uh, I, I was really looking forward to that Rory McDonald Ellenberger fight, and I mean, obviously, I wasn't happy that Ellenberger lost, given that I bet on him. But more than that, I wasn't happy of. He didn't even show up. Dude, that was the most boring fight I've ever seen in UFC, period, man. I mean, I, I get having a game plan and sticking to it, but I have to ask, like, um, it just seems like, I don't know, man. It gets to that point where, and I think Dan even brought it up, where you talk so much crap before a fight. Right. Never that did. it just kind of takes precedence over everything. Even just you, to the point where you've talked so much crap that you know you can't make a mistake. And then you end up just not doing anything. Because I'm like, gosh, dude, that was painful. It was Nick, painful to Nick watch. Diaz, Nick Diaz, George St. Pierre, I mean, was better than this, but not yeah. a whole lot better. It was pretty boring, too. And that was another one of these fights where there was a lot of smack talking going back and forth. So yeah. I, think, I think that's a good indicator. If there's a lot of smack talk going back and forth, that's almost a certainty that the fight's going to be boring. Well, I mean, another classic, and I actually came to Vegas for that one, was Rampage and Rashad. Yeah, oh, boy. I was like, oh, I mean, really? I came all the way out here for this, for <laughs> this madness. So. Or, or Rashad versus Jones. Jones, yeah. That was five rounds of nothing. So, I mean, uh, and then it, people are, some people are like, oh, well, there was this strategy, that strategy. It's like, look, man, watching a fight is like watching a movie. You know whether you like it or not. Okay, so I, I don't have to watch a movie and then at the very end go, huh, 
Now, did I like that or not? Let me think about all the reasons, things that were good about <laughs> it versus things that were bad about it. No, you know right away whether it was good or not. And if right. you have to think about it, it wasn't any good. Now, if you want to go back and see it again, that's a chance that it was pretty damn good. Yeah, but exactly. Like if they show it, like just if they just happen to show it on like FX or whatever, just like a, a five from five six years ago, you right. know, a fight's good when you're like, oh, oh, they're showing this. I want to watch this again. Yeah, that's exactly. when you know it's a good fight. Even though you know you've seen it probably a million times, that's when you know it's a good fight. It's kind of like a good movie. It's like you can show Heat right now. I'm going to watch Heat. Oh, yeah. You can show yeah. Untouchables right now, even with commercials. I'm going to watch it. You're going to show Pulp Fiction. Even on regular TV with commercials, I'm going to watch it because, A, the edits are funnier than the actual movie. Oh, man. <laughs> like Samuel Jackson, tell that funky baby to chill. <laughs> you don't, tell you that baby bitch. to chill. Tell that baby to chill. <laughs> Or like any movie with ice cube in it, bull oh, cookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bull cookie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, uh, like uh, Boys in the Hood on TBS. It's like Domino's mother chop mother chaps or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And what makes like, it even funnier is when they go back into the studio and they actually have the actors have to like you know plug in like the edit. <laughs> So you hear this like, tell that, tell that funky baby to chill. Tell that funky chill. You know, it's like the thinking is off. <laughs> so it's just like, oh my God. that is terrible. Those things are so hilarious, man. But I, I, don't know what I, I don't know which Ice Cube movie it was. I think it might have been Triple uh, X2 or one of those movies. Oh, the, one, the one that Vin Diesel did, the follow-up to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bull cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it was several times. And like, anytime he had to say bullshit, that was it. Bull cookies. Bull cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even look right. See the ice cube with that mean-looking face and bull cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, you should have saved that. Should have saved that for Are We There Yet? <laughs> then it would have made more sense. Oh, oh man. man, no doubt. Yeah, but that was yeah. That was that was. Uh, I mean, the whole card. Some of the fights in the card weren't that bad, actually. That, that no, it was some headline. great knockouts, man. It was. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And I was very happy. I was very happy to see Melvin Gillard get a win. He needed that win. I mean, it's just a little personal thing, you know, because yeah. we have a lot of mutual friends here in Houston. Right, and right. I was really pulling for him. And I, I, it seems like he's just in a – he just looked like he was in a better place. Yeah. And, and actually, it kind of sucks. It was kind of like um, one of Ken's friends was fighting one of my former coaches. So it kind of sucked to see Eves, you know, lose the fight to Darren Cruikshank. But at the same time, I, I like Darren Cruikshank as well. And I really think that fight – was probably with um, with Eves because Eves is just so composed and just fun to watch. I think that's a good fight for Darren also to help him with his maturity level. And so I, I think, like I said, I, I think this still was a win-win situation, a kind of like teaching type situation there. But it, yeah, it just kind of sucked to see him lose. So, but and the women, man, man, Julie Kedzie, that just kind of I don't know. Again, one of those fights you expected a lot, right. especially from her, because I've seen her fight before and just I. It just didn't even make any sense what was happening. <laughs> so, I mean, that chick was just hella strong and just kind of owned her a little bit, man. Right. You know, just you expect so much from the veteran and whatnot. But I can always say this. Liz Carmouche is always going to deliver on a fight. I don't think, yeah, I don't think she can have a boring fight, man. No, she's <laughs> tough. She's tough. I thought, I thought the Brazilian – I thought that was actually a good fight to bet on for the underdog because I think Liz was a 6-1 to one favorite or something like that. Yeah. But uh, after watching that, now, now you see why she was yeah. a 6-1 to one favorite because that, that was a very dominant performance. And, and that was cool. Keep in man. mind, this is the girl that pretty much – I mean, she brought it to Ronda. Yes, so never forget that to a point where Ronda had to kind of realize, like, wait a minute. Okay, this is a real fight going here. This right. is not trying to be – you know, somebody's trying to be cute like – 
the fight with her and Misha, it's going to be a good fight, but I just hope it doesn't get to the point where they talk so much crap during, you know, the ultimate fighter that it turns out being less than stellar. You know, I can I can almost guarantee you that that it will be. I mean, I think that's why Dana's thinking. You know what? Let's throw that Silva and Weidman rematch in there because we don't want to end the year on this headliner fight, which could be over in the first thirty seconds and be yeah. really anticlimactic. I, I don't really see it going much different than the last time. No, I don't either. I, I really don't, man. So I mean, I, I think it makes more sense that that's a co-headliner fight than the main headline, especially on. New Year's Eve weekend. Come on. Yeah. We, we want to see it. I mean, that, that Anderson Silva Weidman rematch, that's the perfect time to have yeah. that. So hopefully that won't be anticlimactic. Hopefully that'll be win or lose, like, just a great fight. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that one. But what do you think about this weekend? Yeah, but we have another UFC coming up. Yeah. You got, um, you got Aldo and, man. Aldo and the Korean Zombie. The Korean Zombie looks pretty awesome. Yeah, this but is. I'll, I don't think he's going to beat Aldo. Yeah. But I can say this much: he's gonna, unlike everyone else, he's gonna bring it to him. The Korean yeah. Zombie does not care. Right, exactly. <laughs> this dude, I mean, I don't. He does not have any stop. So this is gonna be a fun fight. It's it's probably gonna be one of those fights where I'm. You're probably gonna have to drink some wine to keep yourself calm down because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be so spastic and you're gonna be all like hey, hey, shaking like a little crackhead too. It's kind of it's kind of like watching a Frankie Edgar fight. It's just like you you find yourself kind of shaking and moving and being all spastic. Like wait a minute, what the hell's wrong with me? I don't have ADD. What the hell's going on here? You know because Frankie's so spastic. So I I think like I said that I think is gonna be a, a damn good fight. Um, yeah, that one's gonna be cool. Cool. So, what about Machida, just cool. Machida versus uh, Phil Davis? You yeah, you know, honestly, I'm going Phil Davis on this one. Me too, me too. I'm glad yeah. you said that. I, I just think that, you know, I think Phil will actually, I, I just see him having a better, he, he's going to have a good combination of using his wrestling skills with his stand-up. And the thing is, he has, he's got the range as well where he can get the hell out of the way and kind of move away from Machida in his, you know, in his karate style. And I just, I don't know, man, just Machida, I, I'm still kind of, I don't know, I'm still kind of salty, man. He kind of backed out of that fight with Jones and all that, and he kind of like, uh, he didn't want to take it. I'm like, what, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> you're like, you're Leo Machida. I thought you want to be champion again. But then, right. of course, after, you know, fight, Jones fights, he wants to be the next one up. Nah, bro. <laughs> don't wait for him to try to, you think that he's going to get softened up and then jump in there. So I don't know, man. And I just feel like he's just kind of been out of action a little too much. And I'd rather see think, Davis fight Jones, too, anyway, because we've already seen Machida fight him, and Machida exactly. got destroyed. He got destroyed, so why would that be any different? I'd rather see a new, fresh fighter coming up. Exactly. I'm, I'm tired fight. of just the rehashing going on here. Just, yeah, okay, we, we, you we don't need to see a rematch. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to see a rematch. It's like, why do you deserve a rematch? It's kind of like, you know, Rashad saying that, you know, he wanted to, we don't want to see you fight Jones again. Yeah, exactly. I really don't want to see that. I really <laughs> don't want to. I, I, I mean, care less about that. But the Davis, he's exciting. The guy that Jones is fighting, the Swedish guy, and it's yeah, uh, Gu- Gu- yeah, yeah, Gustafsson, yeah, that looks exciting. So that's cool. I mean, you want you want to see new stuff. We don't need to see it. See, see. And, and, I mean, it, a trilogy only makes sense when it's something such as Kim Black. Kane and JDS is happening right yeah, here. That, that's Houston. awesome. Yeah, like, man, Houston is going to be awesome. off the hook that weekend. So people, if you want to come out, you know, if you're coming out for that fight, and by the way, a simple plug here: if you want to train while you're in town, give me a shout. Stop by our gym. You know, get your workout on while you're here. But if, if you're going to travel to see a fight, that's the fight I think you should travel to. The fight, any fight outside of Vegas, the one that's happening in October here in Houston, JDS and Cain Velasquez, yeah, come on out here to H-Town for that one. You don't want to miss that. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be really good. A lot of, lot of good cards, actually, for the rest of the year. So hopefully yeah. they'll flip up and there'll be some really good stuff. 
And let's see, what else do you have going on? Do you have any, you have any courses coming up? Any new developments? No courses, but yeah, on? new development did come up. Um, it's kind of like I'm kind of veering away. I'm not leaving Kettlebell Sport, but something has come up that I think I think is a damn good event. And this is the early stage. This is going to be the first one they have. Um, good friend of mine, Garen Clark, out of uh, Michigan, right around, you know, he, he's right there where Ken, our friend Ken Blackburn is. And um, right. these guys, like, they do a lot as far as Kettlebell Sport. But what Garen has put together, this has been something that's been in the back of his mind for the last couple of years. He's putting together this event called the International Kettlebell Games. And so there's always this big debate in the kettlebell world. Which, who's better? Who's a better athlete? Who's stronger? You know, is, is the one that does hard style, are they stronger or superior? They're better athletes than those who compete in kettlebell sport or better yet train traditional kettlebell lifting style. Because I don't like saying soft style because that doesn't make any damn sense. So basically, <laughs> those who use traditional kettlebell lifting as done in Russia when, this, when, kettle, when the culture was coming together, okay, as opposed to more of the later style, the hard style, which has pretty much been here since like what? the early 2000s, late 90s. Right, right. Okay, so it's always that big debate. And then also there are those who, you know, have the CrossFit kettlebell <clears throat> style of training as well. So I really like what Garen's doing here because here's an opportunity, and it's only going to get bigger. Of course, like I said, this is the initial stage, but I damn sure want to be a part of the first one. You know, so basically this is pretty much going to show, like, you know, who's pretty much a well-rounded kettlebell athlete. This to me is like the, an MMA event for kettlebell trainers. Anybody that trains with kettlebells, I think this is something for everybody. Because let's, let's be honest, to sit there, for a lot of folks, to sit there and get on a platform and perform the same movement for 10 minutes straight is not inviting to the majority of those who train with kettlebells. Right. Okay? As, you know, for those who are in kettlebell sport. But at the same time, you, you'll have this argument going on, which I think is just pointless, where someone says, like, so-and-so does this in kettlebell sport. He can do this and this for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And, you know, he's the superior or she's the superior athlete and they, they have the accolades there or whatever. It's one of those situations where, okay, my thing is if when someone, let's say Rich Froning, from, you know, who just won uh, the CrossFit Games for the third time in a row, right. and, of course, you know, the tagline is, you know, he is the fittest man on earth, on the planet. Yeah, at CrossFit. Okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, he's not as fit as Usain Bolt is on the track, but you can't sit there and say that Usain Bolt is not an athlete. He's right pretty much the fastest man on the planet as of right now in track and field, okay? Because that's what they're measuring from. Just like you, when you say that John Jones is the best pound-for-pound pound fighter, okay, we can't really call anybody a pound-for-pound pound fighter because is he going to go fight the featherweights? <laughs> and then is that a fair fight? You know, is he going to fight like the, super, you know, the heavyweights or super heavyweights? Or, so it becomes all these different accolades that yeah, are Yeah, and then, and then is, is, is he the best kickboxer? Is he the best Muay Thai guy? Is exactly. He the best boxer? Is he the I mean, best he's the best jiu-jitsu guy yeah, because, exactly. you know, so you can't say things like that. But, so here we are in a situation in the world of kettlebells, not kettlebell sport or kettlebell training, but the world of kettlebells, the kettlebell culture. People that train with kettlebells don't like them. So this is, this is an opportunity for those to come out and test just where you are as an athlete with training with kettlebells and in a competition level. So again, this is for kettlebells. Doesn't mean that you're the strongest and fittest person on the planet because are you are you necessarily going up in a power a powerlifting cup you know a powerlifting meet or a strongman competition? No. But here's the beautiful thing about this event: if you train in powerlifting, strongman, CrossFit. Um, if you go hard style, you know, tactical, all that other madness, kettlebell sport, all of that, 
Here's an opportunity. If you love kettlebells, you want to train with it, here's a way. If you love competition, step into the game. Come try this out. And, I mean, if you want to take a look at it, and trust me, I'm not getting paid to do this. I'm just excited about it. Again, like we talk about things, you know, we say no to a lot of things, but if it's something that gets me excited, dude, I'm all for it, and I'm talking about it. So, Give, you know, take a look at it. Um, the website is internationalkettlebellgames.com. There you can see the events. I mean, you got like the five-minute jerk. There's a five-minute snatch. You can put the bells down as much as you want. It's all about work capacity. How many reps can you get in those five minutes? There's a, there's a kettlebell medley in there. <clears throat> there's um, it's a lot of like power moves and strength moves going on in there. So it's not about just endurance, as with, which you'll see mostly in a kettlebell sport competition. And like I said, I'm starting to see a lot of people getting excited about this because I think, A, it kind of just it, it kind of breaks up all the divisions that are going on, as right. I call all the, the fractions and factions. You know, right. you know, I'm kettlebell sport. I'm hard style. I'm this, this, this. I'm this, this. No, I'm a dude, and I'm pretty sure Mike feels the same way. I'm a dude. I love training with kettlebells. They don't define me, okay, but they are right. part of my definition, okay? So. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's what I like about this. But I do love competition. But at the same time, I also know that usually when I'm competing, it's me competing against myself. So all the titles and all that really don't matter to me. You know, I know some people, they live and die by their titles. They're the CMS or this. You know, they're the only one in America that's obtained this, this, and this. You know, that's great. It's great to have goals, but also realize that that's not the be-all, end-all to everything that's going on in the world. There are some other things going on out there. So just know that it's important to you. And it may be important to some people who look up to you, but it doesn't mean that it's all about you and your title. So my thing is all about growing the culture and understanding the culture. And, hey, man, kettlebells are a great tool. This is just one more event, one more thing that's going on that just pretty much solidifies what we've always said. It's a great tool. But it's a tool. Just a tool. (laughs) So don't be a tool thinking that it's the only tool. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be a tool is the operative (laughs) So yeah, It'll man. It's so coming up in September, cool. man, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna, you know, go and compete in that. Just have some fun, and you know, just do my thing to support this because again, I, I love the, the kettlebells, and I love, you know, pretty much, I love what it can do for a lot of people. So that is the oh, most yeah. immediate thing. Of course, right after that, a couple of months after that, I have like the kettlebell nationals and kettlebell sport. But as yeah. far as anything else, um, um, still have the special going on with my bodyweight DVD on my website. Um, use the coupon code LLA. They'll get you 30% off my bodyweight DVD. And anything else coming up, I'll just bring it up in future shows right now. But that's the one thing I was really excited about and really want to talk about today, man. So what do you have going on, brother? Well, i got some good stuff going on. I'm going to Holland next week, teach out there in Rotterdam for a couple of days. And then I will be in New York City in September, back in the U.K. in October. And that's it for the year. And I don't have any plans to do any workshops anywhere next year. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be doing anything in America. I can tell you that flat out. So I'm not going to be teaching any courses in America next year, or, or probably ever, because I'm just done doing that. But I'll probably do a couple of courses overseas, and maybe Australia again. A couple of places I haven't been to. Right now, it's, what's more exciting to me is going to countries that I've either never been to or I've never taught at before. That that's right. more appealing than just you know, teaching in. Northern Virginia for the 20th time or Los Angeles <laughs> for the 15th time. And this is where I'm at with that. And yeah. then I'm, I'm focusing on expanding my nutrition supplement line. So I have my third product coming out probably about four weeks. It's called Restorezyme. And it's a combination of systemic enzymes, such as what is in Exelzyme that I used to sell. And it's going to be combined with a very potent extract of ginger. So it's a great inflammation management product. It's yeah. really good for workout recovery, anyone with joint problems. 
this just health in general, because when inflammation is too high, it's the root cause of really every disease, every health issue, whether it's diabetes, cancer, you name it. So I'm not saying this is going to prevent cancer or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that it will support your health by helping you manage inflammation. For those of you that work out hard, systemic enzymes, in my opinion, are the most superior product for workout recovery. It manages inflammation better than fish oil or anything else that's popular for that category. And when you throw in something like ginger, which is great for your gut health. Which yeah, I was just about health. to say that, man. I was yeah. really excited when you, you know, I saw that you had that listed as one of the ingredients. I was like, oh, man, that's going to be – I mean, let's just be honest. A lot of folks are not going to get anywhere with their training or whatever diet they choose, you know, no matter what side of the world, whether it be paleo, whether it be vegan, vegetarian, whatever. Right. None of it matters when your gut health sucks ass. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> I mean, it, it, you're not going to see the gains that you really want to see in your training when, you know, your gut health is all jacked up. Because at the end of the day, that's where life really begins and ends is in your gut. And yeah, I mean, sure. ancient philosophers said that millions, I mean, thousands of years ago, you know, that's pretty much where life is. That was once thought of as pretty much the brain. OK, the gut. And I don't really think anything's changed with them. Like, if your gut's jacked up, your thinking is jacked up. It's really just that simple. And, of course, I don't have, like, all of the studies to back it up because, you know, there's some people out there, well, where are you getting this from? Oh, it's out there. I've seen it. I'm just not one of those people that can regurgitate. I'm one of those people, like, even if I see, like, a, a court case, I'm not going to say that, well, in the case of, you know, in 1993, the case of uh, Mahler versus, you know, West Virginia, blah, 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 blah. I'm not that person. <laughs> I, mean, I see it. I don't. I am not the person with that college mind that's all about, let me see that, memorize it, regurgitate it. Over, I'm not Cliff Claiborne from, from Cheers, right. <laughs> sitting on my ass, just giving you random facts. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm just a mailman at a bar every damn week. <laughs> this is where my life is gone, okay? <laughs> but yeah, man, like I said, I was excited to see because I've been, always talked a lot about ginger and just like all the benefits of it. I, mean, I had friends who've had like, like, I mean, heartburn and, you know, gas, you know, all kinds of gastric stuff going on and acid reflux and all that. And just simple things like ginger tea and things like that I've just told them about has really helped them. So when I saw you, you know, put that, you know, in your supplement that's coming, I'm like, wow, that's a winner right there. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Thanks. I mean, ginger is, is great. To, I add it to all my protein shakes. I cook with it. I use ginger yeah. a lot. And ginger also has benefits for men with testosterone production. So it's actually a good product for people to take in between cycles of my aggressive strength testosterone booster or as an adjunct to it. That's what I'll be doing once it comes up. But in between cycles, you could take this because the ginger has been shown to act similar to a fertility drug called Clomid, which helps ramp up your natural testosterone production. So anyway, I'll have more information about all of that when the product is sooner, when it gets closer to being released. That'll be a couple of weeks. The same company that made Exelzyme is designing this for me. So it's a high quality, the enzymes are the highest quality you can get. You add in some ginger, it's a nice comprehensive product. And the best part about it is because it's under my label and I buy high quantities, I should be able to get the price down to the point where it's way cheaper than such stuff such as Vitalzyme, Exelzyme, right. whatever zymes, there's so many different zymes out there. But anyway. <laughs> I sell direct to you, the customer. I'm not looking to get a bunch of distributors like GNC or Vitamin Shop. So as a result, I don't have to mark it up as much so that I right. make money off distributors. I can keep the price more competitive and sell it directly to you. Anyway, more information on that will be available. Also, I put the final touches on an adrenal energy product that I'll be coming out with soon. And final touches means that I just know exactly what's going to be in it, what dose is, will be there. And now it's just a question of, 
finding the right company to source everything for me, formulate it, and so forth. And that takes time. So this is not something that will be out next week or the week after. But hopefully before the end of the year, that will be out. And, again, and that's about it on the supplement front. I've got a company looking at putting together a plant-based protein powder for me. But that's, I'm not looking to try to make all of these things happen at the same time because there's a lot of cost that goes into it. It's, it's time-consuming. So my attitude is one good product at a time. Take your time. Don't try to rush any of this stuff. You know, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to build a huge line this month and just bombard <laughs> people with a bunch of products. Just take your time with one high quality product at a time. And then, what else do I have going on? There's something else I wanted to mention, or maybe that's it. Maybe that's it about right now. Just, just the supplements. Just the workshops coming up. And then, looks like there's a strong chance we'll have Robert Green on the podcast next week. If not him, we'll have another great guest. And besides that, just keep the keep the Keep the feedback coming. Use coupon code LLA to keep getting 10% off any nutrition supplements I carry. And if you like the show, please give us a review on iTunes. Share it with everyone you know. Give us a review. Help us get it out there because we want to keep delivering good content to you every single week. This is something we want to keep doing. Yeah, man. Loving the feedback we're getting from folks as well. I mean, you know, you and I both get personal feedback. Yeah. Twitter, email. Uh, yeah, fan right. page. I'm actually getting on my other fan pages. So it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I, I love it. And keep it coming. You know, all opinions are welcome. Constructive criticism, that is. Now, we're not talking about the keyboard warriors. <laughs> Come on. Honestly, you will be ignored. So yeah. if, you, you're, if you're just anonymous and like, oh, your show sucks, and your name is, you know, Tallywhacker123, <laughs> Look, here's I'm, the thing. I'm going to ignore you, and I'm going to block you. Exactly. Okay? Just like everyone else in your life. <laughs> if the feedback is not something that you would say to either Sincere or myself, if you saw us in person, then don't say it online. Don't say it online. Don't say it on. Don't use some anonymous name. You know, whatever, whatever you want to say is something that you, would, you should be comfortable saying that if you saw someone. Exactly. So just look, think of it that way before you post anything on the Internet, because I never use any fake names when I post on the Internet. No. And I never say anything to anyone that I wouldn't be comfortable saying to that individual if I ever saw them. And yep. that helps you prevent – that helps prevent you from – forget about putting your foot in your mouth. That helps prevent you from putting your ass in your mouth, right? <laughs> because that's what a lot of keyboard warriors are doing. You know, their foot – they've gone way beyond their foot in their mouth. <laughs> always remember – and always remember when you're – if you are giving constructive criticism, this is a good rule for me. Always remember those three special words, in my opinion. That's all it is at the end of the day. It's your and guess opinion. what? I can respect whatever you say after that, unless you just say something really stupid. Like, in my opinion, you know, if I saw Mike on the road, <laughs> you know, walking down the Vegas Strip, I'd clock him in the head with a rock. <laughs> I'm like, in my opinion, I think you get your ass beat <laughs> on the Strip <laughs> with that same rock. Just my opinion. Trust me, I'll be putting my betting money on Mike. <laughs> yeah, we'll start. We'll start getting a pool going again. <laughs> We'll start getting a betting pool going. I'll start walking up and down. The I'll actually spend, I actually, I'll spend my, my, budget, my budget for spending money in betting in Vegas will actually go up from $100 after that. <laughs> I'll see if someone else can bet on me. It's like, hey, place this bet on me. I'm going to be walking up, on, I'm gonna be walking up and down the strip on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, final, that last thing, what I was forgetting to say is we, we both, our, our show, we like to support our guest, James Pond, and his organization which is transitionsglobal.org. It's an organization that helps victims of human trafficking. So check out episode 10 of our show if you haven't, if you're not familiar with this. That's a show that everyone should listen to, share it with everyone you know. 
we can all get behind this cause, okay? Whether yeah. you're Republican, Democrat, conservative or not, I think we can all agree that human trafficking shouldn't exist and victims of it need everyone's help. And that's not something you should wonder about whether you should help or not. These are people that were victimized in a brutal way. Let's help turn their lives around so that they can live productive lives. James does a great job with his organization. He is not going to take your money and go on a vacation to Hawaii. Now, he's not using this as a way to launder money to sell cocaine. He's working out of two places. He's, he's, a, he's working a out of Cam- He's working out of Cambodia and Cincinnati. So last time I checked, neither one of those are Bora Bora. Okay, <laughs> so or the French Riviera. So he's putting in work, and I think um, a very good page when you go to the website to start off with is just is to check out the FAQs. It'll answer a lot of questions you probably haven't yet, or questions you didn't think about. And you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, I'm glad they put that up there. So their, their FAQ page is really, really insightful, and it can really answer a lot of questions for folks. Because I know we talk about it ever since episode ten. We talk a lot about transitions global, and I'm sure there's still some people like still trying to you know understand like you know what the organization is all about. And I, that FAQ page is awesome. It gets right to the point, and even to the point where you know. They ask, like, you know, why don't you help boys? They even address that as well, you know, why they just help, you know, young women as well. So it's a great, great page, great organization, great dude. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you don't have to donate your life savings to help them out. If you donated $10 a month, that would help. If you donated $5 a month, that would help. So don't feel that because you're not able to donate a substantial amount that somebody shouldn't donate at all. I think a lot of people feel that way. They're like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to be insulting and just donate $10. It's not insulting. Everything adds up. I mean, if, if 1,000 people donated $10, it starts adding up. If 10,000 people donate $10, it, it adds up to a lot, and this right. money will be put to good use. So anyway, that's just, that's just something that we support. If, if you could care less about it, that's, that's up to you. But uh, you should care about this one. Go check out Transitions Global, and we'll get James on the show again down the road for sure to continue that discussion. Yep. And that's about it. That's all I have to say this week. Good stuff, man. Um, <laughs> big shout out to John Spencer Ellis and his makeshift plumbing, <laughs> edible <laughs> underwear, <laughs> but, but also all the things that he contributes to the fitness industry and business and marketing. You know, he's really great with those things. That's, those are the things he's great at. Okay. The plumbing. The edible underwear, ah, not so much. <laughs> his, his advice on wearing makeup, if you ever do a photo shoot, you can skip that part. <laughs> but let's take the business advice to heart. He definitely knows what he's talking about there. Exactly. So cool, man. So, yeah, I will see you next week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And have a great week, everyone. Take care, everyone.